This is Our Point with Zach and Carmen. Hello. How are you? I am over today. So I'm glad oh. we're I'm glad we're doing this. <laughs> we're gonna bring you back up. Yeah. Today just seemed unnecessarily difficult. The pod the pod is gonna save you. I can feel it. <laughs> you know what else is gonna save you? Well, that drink you're drinking. Oh yeah, because it's my it's my quarantine drink. It's are you my, back to making margarita. margaritas? Yeah. I bought new tequila and new limes yesterday at Costco. Oh, and because Hy-Vee Wine Spirits did not have Cointreau, because I, I was going to upgrade from the cheapest shit triple sec that I've had for years that I finally just finished, because <laughs> I'm, fa- I'm feeling cashy now, so I was going to get a fancier orange liqueur. Okay. And then Hy-Vee didn't have it, uh, what I was looking for, but Patron makes an orange liqueur, and then they helpfully enclose a little, like, here's how to make a margarita recipe for you. So I took it up to the lady, the cashier, and she was like, oh, I really enjoy this, just over ice. Tell me more, wine and spirits lady. So I tried that once I ran out of tequila over the weekend, and I did not care for it as much as she did. But So that is a new addition to the the Patron orange liqueur versus the Have you ever bought Patron before? Was this like, I just never ever have seen you buy Patron or anything Patron related before. I remember buying a little Patron gift pack one year for Christmas time, and I broke them up, and I gave everybody a tiny little Patron bottle. I um, was on a Patron kick for there was a couple years that I was a Patron on a Patron kick, and in college when I too thought I was cashy with Mm. all my student loans, so student loans paid for a Patron, but I didn't buy the liqueur whatever the hell you were just talking about well what was interesting so at costco they have like a kirkland a brand tequila Mm -hmm. and then they they did have patron brand tequila and the kirkland was 20 bucks and the patron was 75 so i opted for the Kirkland. so it made a easy decision yeah i am riding high on the white claw bandwagon again i'm curious if like because Corona has ruined summer if the White Claw shortage isn't going to be a thing this year. But I've, you know, I'm now hoarding White Claws just in case has that it, does happen again. Last year, they were like it, sold out. You couldn't get them. Wow. Yeah. It's I, dangerous. Dangerous world. But thankfully, Corona has taught me how to panic buy and hoard effectively. So mm-hmm, I... Mm-hmm. You're doing okay. <laughs> I'm prepared. It's also 5 million degrees outside. And it is sweaty and hot, and we got those hot tubs, and all I want to do is go use it, but I went out to look at it, and my hot tub said boiling, like it's so hot that there's no way I'm getting in it. It was on volcanic mode, and you're like, I can't get in this. It's really, really depressing that now I just have a yard ornament that I stare at and don't use. So once again, typical It'll get cold again. I mean, we have the the states that we live in, it'll get cold again and crappy, don't worry. So speaking of margaritas and booze and white claws and hoarding. You mean all of my, our favorite topics to talk about? My, my first article today is going to make us all feel a lot better. And folks, this is based on science. I so love science. The, New York, 
from the New York Post. The title is The Good News About Binging Chips and Booze on Lockdown by Haley Eber. Although it could have been written by me because <laughs> I am stoked. Maybe you were the ghostwriter. <laughs> uh, so it just says if you've been turning to cocktails and Cheetos, specifically Cheetos, which is why I was like, did I write this article? Uh, to cope with the coronavirus pandemic for days upon days spent at home, you are not alone. A recent Harris poll found that 20% of people were drinking more. Only 20. Those other people are lying. <laughs> it doesn't take and into 40%, account the people that already drink a lot. It's mm, a good point. It's a good point. Uh, 40% were eating more snack foods than usual. Well, obviously. So they go on to talk about a new book claims that alcohol and highly processed foods aren't as bad as you have been led to believe. And so it kind of just talks about health news is not designed to be particularly scientific and give you all of these facts. It's designed to sell advertising in cookbooks. Mm. It's designed to make you feel bad is what it is. And if you actually look at, you know, what is 14% increased risk of mortality actually translate to? It's about, uh, it decreases your life expectancy by about one year. And I would happily, and the author, we both say that we will happily eat a few extra Cheetos in exchange for one year of life. Sorry to well, my family, but maybe, well, let's also, sorry about it. Let's also be realistic. That that knowledge comes too late. Already done it. <laughs> like already. Well, now we, now they want you to feel better about it. Like you're fine. Don't panic. I'm just um, so confused. We're supposed to exercise, then we can eat Cheetos, and we are supposed to only eat kale, and then it only takes McDonald's only takes a year off your life. I can we that's just what, that's stick to something? No, they can't because everyone who pays for the studies is trying to sell you something. So basically, and they science say, is fake. The one. No, <laughs> no, the science that's paid for by McDonald's says what McDonald's wants it to say. Does no, that make sense? McDonald's is always honest and truthful and they would never lead you astray. Yes. Much like, like when's the last time a creepy clown ever did anything bad? Never. Exactly. Um, he does end with that there's one vice that we should not turn to right now slash ever. It is cocaine. Cigarettes. Okay. And so when it comes to nutrition, this was the bottom line. We shouldn't worry about the occasional indulgence oh, and don't need yeah, to spend a lot of hours figuring out whether or not an avocado or I never can pronounce this word. Isia, Isia berry has more antioxidants. Mm. Mm. And I mean, it does fact, say that smoking is going to take 10 years away from your life. So that is a right. So that's right. So don't smoke. And then that does say decades of research found it to be extremely harmful. Uh, but the article concludes with, the less time you spend Googling food and the more time you spend having sex, the happier you'll be. <laughs> I, so the I, New York Post and our point with Zach and Carmen say Cheetos, booze, and sex. I, and don't I feel smoke. like the New York Post is really writing for your vantage point. Like they can't seem to be on trend <laughs> with your way of thinking. Well, we did say, you know as for literally our point we can find stuff that backs it up here we are i found that, it that found is the backup. True. well i mean all of that information is common sense and I, I appreciate that about that um new york post that we just need more cheetos and sex pretty much common sense uh, yep. and the marine corps has also done something that 
<laughs> is long overdue with some common sense. And I found an article in Newsweek. Actually, it popped up on my Facebook mm-hmm. by Brendan Cole titled, U.S. Marine Corps orders Confederate flag ban, including on bumper stickers, mugs, and T-shirts. So I was like, well, usually the and Marine this is, Corps. This is from but, June of 2020. This isn't an old article. That you no, because I like quote through it. I was like, oh, this you know, was clearly written in 1965. Um, <laughs> no, no, it was written on June 6th. And it also shockingly tells me that the U.S. Marine Corps is the first branch of our military to ban the Confederate flag on our military bases and installations, right? So it goes on to say that the commanders will have to get rid of any displays of the fe- the flag within space workspaces, public areas on their installations, and use best judgment and discretion in um, removing those items. So it also, you know, Marines cannot be sipping coffee from their Confederate flag mug in the office anymore. When their vehicle goes onto a base, it can no longer have a Confederate bumper sticker on their vehicle. They're not allowed to wear Confederate flags on their shirts. And it's just mind boggling that it has taken this long to, to figure out that we probably shouldn't have Confederate flags on our military installations. Um, the Marine Corps Com- Commander Gen- General David Berger said that removing the Confederate flag, which clearly has negative connotations, they, he said in an earlier, uh, the Confederate battle flag has all too often been co-opted by violent extremists and race- racist groups whose divisive beliefs have no place in our core. Um, this presents a threat to our core values, unit cohesion, security, and good order and discipline. This must be addressed. Of course, it would uh, contribute to poor unit cohesion when you have a bunch of black soldiers and their white cohorts or, or Confederate flag flyers. I don't know if everybody remembers, but Confederate army equals bad, a.k.a. Well, traitors. So the Confederate army, right, yes, they they did vote to secede but also they were on the side of slaves like that was the whole we they were fighting for states rights uh, and their way of life when their way of life was to keep the slaves just to keep work the for free and they wanted to have free labor because then they got all of the money for the tobacco and the cotton and in 2020 uh, let's see, when was the Civil War? Right around 1864, I think. Yeah, 61 through 63, yeah. I think. Yep. Great. Um, so now, so, so long after the Civil War, they're like, hey, maybe maybe we shouldn't use that flag of the losers, Well, the I've people always, who lost that war. I've always thought that, I mean, it makes no sense to me um, for anybody who is a United States citizen to fly the Confederate flag or be prideful of the Confederate flag. It's something that is just beyond my comparison along with those people who have their trucks and they have like the flags on the back of their trucks and they have one that's an American flag and the other is a Confederate flag. They're clearly dumb because they don't (laughs) understand that those two flags are like polar op, you know, those flags are complete opposites of each other. Right. But our U S military, and it even goes on to say that there is some tension within the army, the army branch as well, because when they took over Confederate military bases, they never changed the name of the Confederate military bases. So they are all named after 
Confederate heroes and like what connotation that had plays into it. Um, but it makes no sense for our military, anybody in our military, to me, to be f- proudly flying a flag that was treasonous, that tried to fight against everything that America stands for, that succeed- succeeded. Um, it'd be like them flying a China flag, like a military soldier just like flying a China flag or a Russian flag, um, I don't know, or a Nazi flag. It's just mind-boggling. It's so interesting to me that they called out mugs. <laughs> yes, because there's right? clearly it's like bumper sticker, mugs. clothing, mugs, posters, flag, etc. You'd think mug would fall under the etc. And perhaps there are so many mugs. There, there, there so must many be Confederate coffee mugs on Marine bases. I have no idea. And I hope that, I mean, this should just obviously be across all of our branches of the military, but I imagine our defense secretary and our president are not going to make this a mandate. I'm just going to throw that out there Um, since, you know, there's good people on both sides. I don't know. Well, I I do feel this is like, this is a step in the right direction. (laughs) Yes. Good job. Only about a hundred years too late, but. And um, I call on the Navy follow suit. I don't have a Confederate mug flag, but I do have a glass um, that is empty and it needs some refilling. Let's do it. So. I, confession time, only just read Harry Potter in 2018. Yeah, a little late after, to the party. After years of bullying from Zach and also our friend Franny. Also the world, since everybody else has read it except for you. Just going to throw that out there. But other people didn't like come at me with, uh, why do you hate everything that people love? Anyway, so I just read it, and they were great. I, I did enjoy them. I, I maintained that when the first one came out and I was in college, it was a children's book, a young adult book, and they did mature as Harry matured, blah, 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 blah. Uh, but I previously had read a couple books by J.K. Rowling um, that were not Harry Potter, and she, she just lit the internet ablaze this weekend. And um, so my article is from Teen Vogue, which I just love. And it is called J.K. Rowling Criticized Her Anti-Trans Language in Tweets by D. Elizabeth. She tweeted out an opinion piece that said um, they were trying to create a more equal post-COVID-19 world for people who menstruate. And that's what J.K. Rowling tweeted. And then she was like, people who menstruate, I'm sure there used to be a word for those people. Someone help me out. And then she misspells woman three times which is just like it wasn't funny and it was kind of a dick move and then the internet so she's been accused of being anti-trans previously and so this is just her piling on and several people are like okay we've already covered this actually and i don't understand why you're continuing to do this also the world is on fire and it's Pride Month, and you are picking a really odd time to just be a dick about this. And so I just want to talk about this today, because I know that you're a Harry Potter fan, and I, w- I wanted to know what you thought about it. Yeah, I find it, I mean, because like you said, this is not the first time that J.K. J. K. Rowling has brought up, you know, her crusade to talk about trans uh, people for whatever reason. I have no idea. The, I mean, my most puzzling part about this entire tweet, Twitter storm is it's not like she was asked in an interview about this. It's not like she like stepped in it and then like misspoke or she was clumsy with it. 
she kind of like went out of like unprovoked went out of went her out way of her to way. out of her way to do this so i mean it it is it is crazy to me i mean she has continually said back and forth which i i think doesn't obviously make her a good ally by any means that she of course supports trans folks and yada 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 it, it seems like she's really hung up on whether or not just allowing trans women to just be a part of the larger women group, right? That, I mean, that seems to be yes. time and time again, that is the point where she gets like hung up on allowing trans women to be in the women category. And um, and I just don't know why it like, well, I'm curious if cares? it, I don't know. I mean, she says she's a good feminist and there is a huge track record. She has been a huge feminist and for a long period of time on, on women's issues, been a huge advocate, has put tons of money towards it. It just this one particular issue, she like continually just is on the wrong side of history. And specifically, I don't understand the fascination with I mean, why men talk about it. There's also a group of women that are just focused on menstruation. And it goes back to even an earlier incident with Wendy Williams, where she like went after her gay following and like excluded gay main, gay men from stuff, even though that they might share similar qualities, but she doesn't want them involved because they don't menstruate. And there's just like this, it, it's just kind of mind boggling. So I don't know if it's, I have watched the Miss America um, series on FX and it, you know, mm-hmm. talks a lot about the ERA and the women's movement in the, in the seventies and equal um, rights amendment. Yeah. And you know, they, they very much were hung up on like this certain viewpoint or label of what a woman was. And I don't, I don't know if it's a, a generational generational hang up that these people that were on like the more front end of the feminist movement, you know, in, in its prime in the, in the seventies when probably in eighties where the women's movement was probably at its most powerful, especially in the seventies. I don't, I don't know if that's where she, I, it makes no sense to me why well, she has went down this path. Well, and it's odd the so a couple things when you talk about her being a feminist and her track record of a feminist. So there's a a term that has been used to describe people like J.K. Rowling who um, are feminists but specifically exclude uh, trans uh, women, uh, yeah. and so they we refer to we refer to them as TERFs um, and T E R F, which stands for trans exclusionary radical feminist and i spent some time trying to figure out why the word radical was in there and if you know please tweet me at at carmen toft and tell me what i don't know so but i do think there is a the the menstruation thing so then people started piling on and i read a bunch of comments like i haven't menstruated in at least 10 years so like is that all we're going on like that's what makes you a lady and the rest of you like don't or like what about menopause somebody pointed out like jk rowling statistically based on the average time when women go through menopause is actually not a person who menstruates well i don't so, think she's i don't think she's talking about like people that are physically menstruating right now i think it's talking about the overall well, experience that was like of going the, through puberty and all that stuff i don't think she's talking about like if you went to menopause you're no longer menstruating you're no longer included i mean i think that's a stretch to go down that road well, and but, obviously, like that was the original thing that she um, shared was um, about menstruation. But I mean, I, I do think was like it's a weird thing. Look, I, I mean, I think this is hard. I think this is hard to try and wrap your head around one because I think 
She does have a track record where she's been great on so many other issues. She's been a great supporter for gay rights, right? She's been a great feminist. She um, has donated tons of money. And I'm not saying that donating tons of money gives you a free pass to like do all kinds of crazy shit. But I do think like, unfortunately, yeah, figuring out trans... 14... Fourteen and a half million Twitter followers, and like you said, this wasn't like her backtracking. She woke up this weekend and was like, "I'm super. I'm gonna like dig into this." It was just, it was just a really shitty thing to do. And I'm sure, um, but it's all. I kind of also am like, why does everybody pay that much attention to her? Like, why make it bigger than it has to be? I just like part of me feels like people are just like picking a fight, and it's just like, why are you engaging with the crazy? Just let the crazy go. And then what also do you do? with somebody that is 98% of the way on like on your team. And of course they are, have 2% that's bad. How do you, does that wipe well, out everything trans, else? But like trans people get shit on all the time. They're always the 2%. Well, sure. I mean, yeah. And so they, you know, if her, I mean, I understand why they're and upset a half with million her. Twitter people, Twitter followers can just be like, Hey, that was a crappy, like I admire you as an author or as a, celebrity and i'd like you to not i'd like you to be better i'd like you to be a better person i do want to make a point though when you talked about the era in the 70s and and women and how we have a tendency to kind of um we we have a tendency to be exclusionary as a group of feminists you mean and by tendency you mean track record yes i do i do mean track record and i so my example was going to be going back to the suffragettes so like when women were trying to get the right to vote it was like men had the right to vote white men had the right to vote and then we're like trying to go for women and through their suffragetting we're able to kind of strike a deal that we're like okay well white women can vote but we can't possibly have black women vote before black men and then we're not quite like on board with the black men yet with the voting and therefore and then immediately all of the white suffragettes became ridiculously racist and like cut off all of even though like all of these women of color who had been so much a part of the movement and so the the suffragettes have a really racist and unfortunate history as well and yeah. so i mean i also like, let's just feel be like, better like who the, well, i just don't understand about the the whole turf thing like who fucking cares don't we want more well, people on like team lady i do think i do awesome? think that there are I think we're in a different category that are maybe more well-versed. We have people in our own life and our own circle who have um, transitioned. And so, I mean, when folks that we know that first transitioned, you and I both struggled with pronouns and figuring out what the hell was going on. And if they were a trans, if they were a man and then they transitioned to a woman and then they were still dating women, did that make them a less? I mean, we went through all of those conversations and trying to figure out how how to talk and how to be great allies. And I think we are in a much better place now than we were five years ago. That's and so, so weird. I remember us being immediately woke and doing everything yeah, right. I wish. But <laughs> I kind of feel like, and maybe this this is incredibly naive, and I am sure people will be upset. I, like, I still hold out hope that J.K. Rowling is a decent enough human that if we could educate her and stuff, because, I mean, she is with us so close on so many of the issues that it is, it, I feel like there's a different approach for J.K. Rowling as opposed to Sean Hannity. Like, and so sure, I, the I'll screaming at J.K. Rowling, I don't think helps you in trying to like help her figure out the facts and become a better ally. I think it only makes people more 
strident in their positions and like throw their flag harder in the sand, unfortunately. And so I agree that she is wrong in her (laughs) description. And I mean, at the end of the day, like why make this issue more complicated than it has to be? Like it, it actually, another woman getting um, more rights doesn't have, doesn't it take away your rights as a woman like it the argument overall doesn't make any sense but i just feel like screaming at jk rowling and saying that everybody needs to burn their harry potter books and return them which i've seen people do over the internet well, isn't is helping ridiculous. anything because everybody still goes to um i don't know woody allen movies over and over again we all still go to disney world um myself included when he was a known anti-Semite and hated Jews and was supporter of the Nazis. So again, it's like, okay, we let the men get a free pass, but JK Rowling, let's torture. Uh, well, don't burn your Harry Potter books because she already got your money. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's, she's that's already, kind of she's silly. already cashed in. She's already cashed in. Yeah, on don't, that. don't do that. Don't burn books. Also that uh, picture of her, a side note, that picture of her is in the Teen Vogue article? I agree. Yeah, like, it <laughs> I is striking. Agree. I was a little taken back by it. but um, So we're going to post this on our Facebook page after the episode drops. Because at the bottom, there are a couple articles for future, for further reading. And so if you're, this is something that you're really interested in um, about trans women or um, trans-exclusionary feminism, that kind of thing. And then also... There's uh, several links to, if you want to support one of the many organizations working to advocate specifically for the Black transgender community, um, they are several, several lists in there. So, and just again, go with Teen Vogue. Yeah, they do. They do great. Um, they really do good work. work. Um, except I didn't get my horoscope this morning. Oh, that was Cosmo, wasn't it? It's Cosmo. Oof, same Although thing. the reason they didn't, so every Monday morning, I go on my Snapchat before I get out of bed and cosmopolitan on snapchat has horoscopes and so i send them to zach and our friend phil every monday just to kind of be weird and i've done it now for like a good at least a year if not more yes with no responses from it i mean i don't know if phil says anything but i usually don't say anything whatever so anyway today they did not do it um which is odd but it's probably why your day went downhill real that's quickly. what it was oh cosmo on snapchat ruined my whole fucking day <laughs> they actually had um a bunch of really cool stuff about supporting black people in this time uh when we should all be supporting black people so yeah, we i should. guess they um, use their platform for good and not horoscope totally speaking of um somebody who has the support of the African community, African-American community is Joe Biden, former vice president. It is his overriding, overwhelming voter block, which totally allowed him to um, clinch the nomination. And there was an article this weekend, actually on Friday, in the AP by Stefan Olheimer and Will Wesser, saying Biden formally clinches the Democratic presidential nomination. And I think this Woo-hoo. was something Do you that- who helped? Do you want to know who helped clinch the nomination? This girl, because I got to vote last week in South Dakota. Yeah, they put it over the edge. And, you know, I I think in normal times, this would have been a really big news day. This would that would have been a big like news (laughs) weekend. It would have been all consuming. And obviously, there are way more important things going on in our country from what's going on with the protests and Black Lives Matter to the pandemic to the economic crisis. I mean, we got a lot of other things in my head. So this was very much a blip on the radar. 
but you know, you've heard over the news over and over again, presumptive nominee, presumptive nominee. He is now officially the nominee. He has clinched the, the delegates needed to be the nominee. And it is interesting because we haven't had a Democratic nominee clinch the nomination before the convention in a very long time. Barack Obama didn't clinch the nomination before mm-hmm. the convention. Hillary Clinton didn't in 2016. So the fact that we already have a Democratic nominee that's clinched this I mean, there's still eight states that are that have to vote. Definitely Including provides in North Dakota. You vote this week. Yep, definitely provides um, the Democratic Party the opportunity to really become a cohesive unit um, for party unity. Um, and it's also the reality that Joe Biden has a huge task in front of him, not only to bring our party together, to make sure that Donald Trump you know, does not become the president of the United States for another four years and dramatically change the country for forever, which three years has already been pretty rough. So I can't imagine what another another four is going to look I like. I can't. I can't. But I'm a little the, uncomfortable with how many times you use the word clench in that description, but why? Why? What's wrong? What's wrong with the word clench? I don't know. Just really made my made my teeth itch. Oh, that's weird. But speaking of all of the big tasks that he has in front of him, you know, this article goes on to say that the country faces the worst rates of unemployment since the Great Depression. There is a there's complete civil unrest in our countries that is dwarfing the 1960s. We have police union issues. We have the economies in free fall. Free fall. We also have to tackle Americans standing on the world stage. And I mean, this is a complete. This is a big, big lift that the Biden campaign is having to deal with. And I pray to God they pull it out. Well, so he does have, I mean, Barack Obama inherited a shit show as well. Yes. I think this is a lot worse, but yes. Oh, no, I definitely, I definitely agree. And I, I don't think, I mean, I didn't foresee this. And we, like, we talk about every week now, like, there's still months. Actually, there's a hundred and less than 150 days till the election which is months and anyway um but knowing that he has the experience like they pulled us out of the last shitty economy yes um obama and biden did and my favorite part of this article is right at the top and it's his quote where he says it was an honor to compete alongside one of the most talented groups of candidates the democratic party has ever fielded which i thought it was super super classy because it was a really diverse group of candidates we started with women and people of color and people who had lots of experience and people who didn't have very much experience and it was and they were all talented like i would have been pretty okay with almost any of them as president except for marianne williamson uh and her crystals (laughs) i mean it, it definitely was i don't even think it was was one of the most talented groups of people. I think it definitely was the, the. most talented uh, group of folks. And he ends the this article saying, I'm going to spend every day between now and November 3rd fighting to earn the votes of Americans all across this great country so that together we can battle for the soul of this nation and make sure that we rebuild our economy and everybody comes along. Um, I, when he first started, I kind of chuckled at his slogan, you know, that he was fighting for the soul of the nation. It seems more now than ever that that is first and foremost, we have to pull the country back together. 
Well, and I love that terminology. Like he's fighting to earn the vote, earn my vote. And I do not feel like Donald Trump gives a shit about earning my vote. He, he is not. He he's not, not after my vote. No, he's not. But I like that. I like that Biden thinks that way. Like he's not just like, well, she's a Democrat. She'll vote for me. And yeah, I appreciate we've seen that. Democrats don't do that sometimes. But that does play perfectly into my parting thought. Now is the time, especially as Joe Biden clenches the nominate the Democratic nomination. Um, and we have a bunch of unrest going on in our country, um, both from the pandemic and economically and racial issues. Now's the time to put some skin in the game and to get involved and to stop bitching on the sidelines and thinking that reading a newspaper article or talking about it with your friends and family is enough. Now is the time to give $5 to your candidate who you are supporting because they need it. Now is the time to volunteer because I think if people have seen anything right now, we need more, we need more, more involvement than what we have been doing. And so my parting thought would be give Joe Biden $5. He needs it. Unless you like what's going on in the country, then (laughs) do whatever you're doing. Then don't do anything. Uh, Keep reading newspaper articles and watching TV. So I, I'll admit I did not go to the the Sioux Falls protest that was held. I didn't go because I am still convinced that we should not be in crowds and we should not be next to each other. And I'm super, super nervous about the coronavirus and the pandemic and getting COVID-19. And I I feel like I'm wrong. Um, and we I we saw, need to at least get you a Black Lives Matter mask. We really do. But the I, I've been seeing this through probably yesterday and today the 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 phrase social just social justice is more important than social distancing and this is coming from healthcare workers that are saying like yeah like the 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 coronavirus pandemic is not over we are going to be dealing with this for a while yes all of the people out protesting are not social distancing some of them are unmasked great job you guys um but that is not an excuse to stay home and to not be a part of this. And I, so I apologize to our listeners for not doing better and for being scared, but social justice is more important than social distancing. So we're going to, we're going to wear our masks and go and try and make a difference. I think that's great. All right. Well, I'll chat with you later. Okay. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Our Point. To stay up to date and for links of the articles that we discussed in this podcast, join us on Facebook and Twitter at Our Point Podcast. If you have articles that you would like us to discuss, feel free to tag us on Facebook or Twitter, or you can also email us at ourpointpodcast at gmail.com.